0: Welcome to the Land of Lore. End of 99th episodes.
1: I've never listened to the podcast again. I've never listened to I promise. I promise. But he's a really great guy. Uh, so it's, it's been good, like, making a new friend
0: accidentally. Uh like Speaking of, of coffee, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to totally go off tangent, I don't know how today's episode is going to be because I don't have any coffee. I ran what? out of coffee yesterday, and today's the day we always go grocery shopping, so I thought I can suck it up for a day, so I just have a cup of tea.
1: Well, that, that works too. Um, I think you'll you'll be okay. Uh, mind over matter. If you tell yourself that that's good, because uh, honestly, like a lot of us waking up with something like coffee, it's more about the routine, the smell, the um, like the caffeine helps at a point, hmm. but it's a lot more of it is, is mental than actual physical. That's why. I'm not.
0: Sh- I'm not sure about that. I think I have a physical addiction to coffee, Paul. Oh
1: well, yeah, you, you do too. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, ca- you do get addicted. But but I'm just saying, like the aspect of like it, it waking us up and getting us started. Uh, having the tea will probably ease the you know the lack of the caffeine that you're used to. Yes. Um, but the other part of it is mental, um, and that's why people think that a strong dark roasted coffee wakes you up more than a lighter roasted coffee because. It has a strong taste, that strong smell, and that, like... Mm, tastes like burnt. <laughs> yeah, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. Yeah, so, anyways, um, you know, uh, that coffee thing is a problem I can help you with. You I know. I know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm,
1: I'm going to be getting more coffee in, like, uh, two hours yeah. later. So, Side note, you should always have an unopened backup. You buy it when you're on your last one, not when you're going to run out. That's what you do with something like that. Then you never have to worry about it.
0: Well, th- the coffee I buy isn't sealed. It is mm. in a paper bag
1: that's folded over Yeah, no, that itself. makes sense. Yeah, so if you buy it too early, then it, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm always gauging, do I have enough to get through the next week or not? You know what you do then is you buy like some some via, some instant coffee.
0: Ooh, no, I'd rather drink tea. Oh, well, okay. Well, there you go. Oh. I was
1: just saying as an emergency backup, See, I, I've become a lazy coffee drinker, uh, because I, t- I never talk about work, uh, on the podcast. I won't say more than my job is making coffee essentially. But, uh, I, like, I don't, I don't want to put effort into it at home. Honestly, like I want to get up and be lazy in the morning cause I never get to be lazy in the morning. So I buy bottled iced coffee a lot. I don't mind having some via around because honestly, if I want a hot cup of coffee, I don't really like sitting and drinking a whole hot cup of coffee anyway. So I really take a few sips of it and then I'm done. So it doesn't have to be the, the greatest, but I've definitely shifted from like, you know, when I was younger being uh, passionate about coffee in a different way, as far as me drinking it. Now it's like, I still kind of have the, the passion for the knowledge because that's just who I am. Like knowledge is a, a big aspect of me, but uh, I just like, it's, it's, I got to, more important things like i honestly being able to be lazy is more important to me than putting the effort into making a cup of coffee now so
0: Mm, okay two things (laughs) uh you lack coffee discipline (laughs) is what i'm learning from this conversation
1: yeah absolutely that's what i'm saying it's not worth the discipline i have to be disciplined in so many other things i don't care and second if the world was over if we had total collapse of
0: society mad max going on everything breaking down lawlessness in the streets but finished. I had a huge stockpile of VIA coffee. I just give up coffee. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that instant stuff.
1: <laughs> it serves its purpose, but if you don't want to serve that purpose, then uh, yeah.
0: Welcome to the show, Paul.
1: Well, thank you.
0: This is when you say "Welcome to the show," Sean. So <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, Sean. Bad Deacon.
0: Oh, maybe you need the coffee this morning.
1: <laughs> You're yeah, nailing it. <laughs> it. It hasn't kicked in yet. No, I'm tired. So I stayed up last night. Um, was game seven of the Bucks nets series. And I've been kind of casually watching all the basketball going on since the Lakers got eliminated. And I have a soft spot for the Bucks because a friend of mine was a fan of the Bucks, But he actually stopped watching basketball this year. He just decided he was done. With it through, you know, like all the the changes COVID affected on it and stuff like that, he just lost interest. But I was rooting for the Bucks because, like, I had already kind of built that up. And uh, it's Game Seven, so whoever wins wins, whoever loses loses. And it went to overtime on a last second shot by Kevin Durant. And then overtime, down by two, Kevin Durant had the ball, sh- taking a shot as the clock was expiring, and uh, he airballed it. So, it was an exciting game, but it kept me up until almost midnight, and then I was so wired I was up till one. So, yeah, the coffee's a good thing. Mmm, all right. Yeah. So, uh, I do have stuff to talk about, though. Figure uh, we'll jump back in before I just ramble about coffee more. Oh, well, I, I was hoping we'd just ramble about coffee for an hour. Oh, I got a to say about coffee. Uh, I wish but I had coffee. I, I don't a cup have the discipline right to say. You know, it. You you screwed up man you screwed up (laughs) i know i did i did
0: i i tried i tried to get too close to the sun (laughs) i was like i can make it with this bag of coffee i've got (laughs) enough beans to make it through sunday morning but then saturday morning rolled around and i poured those beans out and
1: (sighs) yeah you grind your own right oh yeah maybe you just keep like a sealed pound of something acceptable in the cupboard but anyways Mm. that's enough telling you how to not screw up your coffee (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes yes i know coffee happy experience uh so i um a friend of mine speaking of how we're our friends with apparently only podcasters yep pod he's a podcaster i have a friend uh, is... who isn't a podcaster
0: really i think so yeah that's so strange i know it's bizarre
1: <laughs> ironically my my um well i guess so my one friend who i said was the the fan of the bucks that doesn't care about basketball anymore he's not a podcaster And uh, my other friend, who, like, is a friend that I know in person, uh, is my cousin, and I actually got him to start podcasting. Okay. (laughs) All right. And, uh, yeah. So, anyways. So, my friend Joe, Joe Crawford, of multiple podcasts. He actually just started one with his son, too. 21st Century Boys. He was telling me for a while about this, this app, this Shonen Jump app. Anybody who even vaguely knows that manga exists... Probably knows what Shonen Jump is to some extent. Yes, of course. Yeah, I don't know it to uh, to any bigger extent than it's a like a basically like a, a manga magazine, essentially like a compilation of you know manga like short manga stories. So yeah. Like the...
0: When Shonen Jump launched in the United States, they were offering a deal where it was twelve dollars for a year of Shonen Jump, and I thought. Hey, that sounds bad. And that includes the shipping to you. So oh, wow. That's like dirt cheap basically for a gigantic magazine of manga. And like magazine of manga doesn't quite put it correctly how thick these things are.
1: Yeah, it's it's more like a book. It's a magazine how it's a compilation of like shorter entries.
0: Yeah, well think about the people who know the Cerebus volumes. Those big, yeah, cerbus volumes. <laughs> the ones that are kind of on the smaller side of those Cerebus volumes, though that's about what one issue of Shonen Jump is. And there's usually 10 stories in it, I think. And there'll be one chapter in the story every month. And that's what it is. It, it was printed on pretty cheap newsprint, so it's actually... It was actually really cool because it was similar to how comics were in the 80s when I was growing up. It's printed on newsprint. It's a cheaper thing. It's meant to be just fun, digested comics, not like, here's a collectible item that we print on this delicate paper for you to try to keep in pristine condition. It's just, no, here's some comics printed on newsprint. Read them and have fun. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah, And that's... um... That's what a lot of people miss in comics, right? Like, comics get so caught up in collectability and speculation and all this kind of stuff. Like I gotta say, for me, having sold my collection, it's really liberating to just be done with it. And to not think about comics from the perspective of value um, much anymore. I will I will say, bad idea, like, because I'm getting those. Like, I'm, I'm getting them because I want to read them. But knowing that they have an altered value to them because of the way they're distributed... Like, I'm just trying not to focus on that, not to think about it. It's like, I know it's there, but I'm like, I'm going to read these, I'm going to bag and board them, I'm going to throw them in a box, I'm going to just not think about it. All right. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, because I got to say, ENIAC number one, once I got it, I could have sold it for like a hundred bucks pretty easily, because that's what they were going for. I don't know what they're going for now, but I was like, all right, if I do this, though, why am I still getting the comics? Like, do I want to read them or do I not? Because if I buy it and read it and sell it and I want to read it again, I'm SOL, because... You can't get them, right? And that's kind of part of their thing. You can't get them digitally. You can't anything else. So
0: got to wait till that ENIAC movie comes out. And then when the price goes to the moon, that's when you sell it. <laughs>
1: uh, and that's when uh, when the, the people who run Bad Idea screw it up and get bought out by a, a movie producing company. Well, I don't think that that's going to happen <laughs> because... We'll Just find because. out if they learned from their mistakes. Uh, well, I, oh, I, th-
0: I think they very much... <laughs> And <laughs> that's the whole point of this,
1: I think. You know, you say that until you get close enough to the sun again. And you're like, well, if I just push a little bit further, I can reach it again. <laughs> uh-huh. Melty wings, fallen down. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it's funny interacting with the nesh on Twitter now. Because, uh, like, I'm more likely when uh, something is tweeted about bad idea to be like, oh, come on. And then he'll, he'll always chime in like, oh, but blah, 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 blah. Like... I I pre-ordered it anyways, but, like, it's very different than when his Valiant. is like, oh, yes! And then he would chime in and be like, yes, thank you for giving me attention. I'm like, look, asshole, like, you sit in the corner while I be pissed off about how annoying your approach with this is. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, you had tweeted something, and I was just like, for F's sake. And each time I'm like, I pre-ordered it. Like, I I still want it and want to read it, but...
0: Ah uh, yes, the, I think I tweeted about their next devious plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, it's because it was the there was only one week to pre-order uh, the next book of the planned books that were coming out. Yep. So I mean, I'm just glad I knew because honestly, it's like that'd be super easy to miss, and that's the part that'd be frustrating about it for me because like I'm actively trying to pre-order them. So if I missed it because I had a week where I just couldn't pay attention to stuff, that'd be pretty frustrating. But it didn't happen, so whatever. moot point. Move on. Back to shonen jump. So Yes.
0: Okay. Back to back to silly manga.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh we
0: got to talk about One Piece.
1: I haven't read One Piece. We're not there yet. Okay. Um So my friend Joe told me I should get this app, but the problem was is I was using a Kindle at the time and there was no Kindle app for it. And I have an iPhone, but it's like you don't want to read comics on an iPhone. Like I am not one of those like panel by panel guys. Like I don't like the the guided view. Um I like to see the whole page. I think that's a big part of the, the art of a comic is is the layout. Um so I don't like panel you by panel go, Some iPad, people bro. Love it Oh, time. they
0: look magnificent on an iPad.
1: What was that? They look magnificent on an iPad. Panel by panel or just reading comics?
0: No, no, page by page.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why so I've I got an iPad earlier this year. There we go. Uh so that opened up the door for me to check it out, but I still was like, I got so much stuff to read. Like, why? I, I didn't want to get, you know how I am. Like I've talked about this before. I don't want subscription services when I don't feel like I can use it in a way that's not going to put pressure on me. Because it's like if you're subscribing to something and not using it, you're literally just throwing money away. So and it's not expensive. It's two bucks a month, right? So but I was like, I I just, I got other stuff to read. But eventually, you get to the point where you're like, I want something new to read it doesn't matter that you have stuff to read currently. Like you just, you want something different than what you already have lined up to read. Cause I have plenty of things that sort are of, bought to read, but comment. Oh, it's just, we're so stupid. <laughs>
0: like I have years worth of reading material. <laughs> Between what's on my shelves, what's stored on my hard drive, and what's stored on this cloud. Uh, and I'm also like,
1: what new can I get to read? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so stupid.
1: We're so stupid. <laughs> the, the part that we're stupid about is that we, we buy stuff that we don't need to buy yet, right? Mm-hmm. Part of it is like getting really good deals. Like, is there, th- this is the way I've learned to approach a good deal. If I buy this and never read it, am I gonna like be upset about the money I lost on it? You know, if it's cheap enough, or I, I you know, let me put that a different way: if I buy this and only read a little bit of it, can, you know, how much will it take for me to get the value out of it? You know,
0: well, that's tricky because you don't know how valuable it is until you start reading it.
1: Yeah, well, and, and it's looking more at it from a volume perspective. So, like for example, I spent like I think twenty five dollars on the humble bundle for the G.I. Joe Transformer one. Yeah, and one of the IDW collection hardcovers costs. I could probably get it for like forty bucks finding a sell.
0: So it's like, how much of this do I have to read before it? Yeah, gets so it's like
1: if I read one of those compared to buying the hard copy, I've got my money's worth. Now on Comixology, I bet you could hit a Comixology cell, So maybe you got to say read two of them to at least get your values worth. If you like hit a Comixology cell where they're on sale for like twelve fifty a volume or something like that. I think that's probably the best price I've seen for for those types of things on Comixology. So, okay. So, if I, if I read two of these, I'm getting my value out of it. Well, I'm on the, I think, on the fifth or sixth of those IDW hardcovers, and I'm still enjoying it. I'm not reading it constantly, but I'm going to keep on progressing through it. It's like, that one paid off really easily. So, that's kind of how I look at it if I'm buying something because it's a deal. How much do I have to use to get my monies out of it? And if I use that little bit, and then I'm like, no, this isn't really for me. Okay, well, it doesn't matter that I, you know, I don't know. I I got the Spawn bum- bundle. I've barely touched it yet. So, But if if I end up reading, like, a couple of trades worth, and then I'm like, nah, Spawn's just not for me, I still got my money's worth out of it. It doesn't matter that I'm leaving, like, 100 issues of comics behind, you know? So that's kind of how I look at it. Like, am I going to get enough out of it to get my, my money's worth?
0: Okay, makes sense. Now,
1: where we hurt ourselves is when we go... Oh man, I want to read. I don't. know, Let me think of something that's uh, that I know I don't care about. Uh, so like Batman. Like I, I want to read, read Batman. Blazer. I'm just okay. Hellbl, yeah, Hellblazer. So I want to read Hellblazer. So I'm gonna find all the trades or all like what whatever best way it is collected right now for me. I'm gonna find them all and I'm gonna buy them all. But I don't want to read it right now. It's not on a sale. I'm just like finding them all and buying them all, so they're there for me to read. And then they sit there and they sit there because I have them obtained. Like now there's no chase to it. And they just sit there and they sit there. And that's what happens is – and then we find the next thing to chase and the next thing to chase. And we get all these things to read and then we don't read them. That's when we hurt ourselves with it. If we're buying something because I want to read it now, it's worth it. If uh, it's a really, really good deal and we only have to like get a little bit out of it to really make that deal worth it, okay, that's cool too. And part of that's all driven by just like the fear of missing out, which for some things is real. Like, uh, I've bought all the volumes of 20th Century Boys by Urasawa, which I've t- talked about before, because I read the first one, I loved it so much that I started watching for deals on them, and I got, like, half the series with deals, but then I discovered a couple of other Urasawa series, Pluto and Monster, that I heard really good things about. Not all the volumes were available, so I was like, oh man, like, I might actually need to make sure I get these before they're not available, because they don't just readily keep everything in print. You know, so I think kind of knowing that aspect to it, like, is it something you really like that if you can't get it, will you be disappointed and not saying that for everything? Like we don't need access to everything. I think we convince ourselves that we do. Anyways, that's all a tangent off of like, I finally got the Shonen Jump app because what I realized with it is the comics on, or, you know, the, the manga, the comics on, on Shonen Jump, they're the ones that I'll see. Like they're usually like cover price, $13 paperback trades and they're fun looking things. Like, um, I've read a couple of them, just like seeing them be like, yeah, this looks fun. I'm going to get it to try. Like, uh, Way of the House Husband. That was a, a funny one about, um, like a, a Yakuza boss. What yeah, was Yeah, the
0: mob boss, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the Yakuza boss that, like, quit the mob to just be a, a house husband, you know, like a housewife, but a house husband. It was fun, you know? Food Wars is on there. I read a volume of that, and it's just like silly, stupid fun stuff, you know? Uh, Death Note is on there. I read a bunch of Death Note because I bought the super thick, fat, all-in-one volume, which isn't my favorite way to read stuff, and I've learned I just shouldn't do that. I read a bunch of it, and I was like, I just kind of got tired of trying to read it because I was you know, trying to read this thick volume, and it's like, I wanted to finish it, but I also got tired of binging through it. That's on there. That's a much more approachable way for me to, to read it. The first thing I read, though, was uh, I you know, texted my friend Joe and said, hey, what do you suggest? And he suggested a bunch of stuff. And the first one he suggested was one called Chainsaw Man. They started uh, publishing this here. So, like, you can buy the physical volumes. Volume 1 came out, like, I don't know, maybe within the last six months. And, like, Volume 5 is already out now. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But, like, I got kind of got tired of spending 13 bucks on things that I would read super, super quickly that were just kind of fun. And I didn't really want to, like, collect or anything like that. But reading it on, uh, uh that was the first thing I read on Shonen Jump. And, man, it's just, it's a super fun story. It's crazy. Like, uh, it's about this kid who his dad owed money to the mob. And his dad killed himself. And so the mob made the kid work to pay off the money or they were going to kill the kid. So he became friends with... uh with, uh, what do they call him? I think they call him Devils. So like he, he became friends with a devil. This like little, it looks like super cute little, like looks like a, a mix between a dog and a chainsaw. And so he would go around with his devil buddy hunting devils. Cause that was like a job because there's all these devils that, you know, cause terror for people and stuff like that. He gets killed by the mob because the mob makes a deal with, uh, with a devil and this is
0: getting really complicated
1: yeah it's <laughs> is, this is all just the very beginning is, is there
0: of it. a more executive level <laughs> summary of this
1: no you just have to listen <laughs> uh so long story short there he his devil becomes his heart and he turns into chainsaw man so when a, a human and a devil like merge like that they're called a fiend and they're kind of like this thing that's not quite human not quite devil And it just, he ends up like getting pulled into this agency to hunt devils. He had such a miserable life that he is like, he is happy just having any food to eat and a place to sleep. And he is like ecstatic. Like, you know, he's on cloud nine. Like, you know, he couldn't want anything more. And as the series went on, like it started really simple, but it got more intricate and kind of got deeper as it went on. But man, there were some moments of just awesome, exciting art. There are some you know great funny parts in it. Um, the kind of the emotion behind the characters built up as it went on, and it all basically it all started with just being this like silly concept. But so I, I absolutely loved it. It was ninety seven chapters, which I think page count wise, like two chapters is about equivalent to a comic book. But it okay. reads pretty fast. Um, but I, I read all ninety seven chapters in like a week, maybe a little bit, a little bit over a week. So
0: oh, okay, that's pretty fast.
1: So that's been like a new discovery. And it's only two bucks a month. And there was like a week free trial. So it's like, I'm finally going to try this because I just wanted to read something that was like light and fun and easy. And blew through that. And then I knew that there was other things. Like one of the, the books on there that um, yeah, I mentioned when I was first trying to get into manga and I asked for recommendations into this whole thing. One was called uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. So that's on there. So I, I, I've i read uh, the first like couple of chapters of that death notes on there so i can go back to finish that but there's all these other ones that i've never read that before i was always like "Eh, those are kind of too popular they're probably not what i would like like naruto or one Piece or like ones like that but i mean for two bucks a month now i can check everything out so
0: i wasn't very into pretty much everything that i read in shonen jump when i had that year-long subscription that i mentioned it was nice because since they were publishing it for an American audience, they started a lot of these stories from scratch with the mm-hmm. book. The ones I specifically remember being in there was, I think, Naruto, One Piece, Hikoro no Go, which was actually kind of the most interesting one. It was about a kid that gets possessed by the ghost of a Go master the Go, that board game where it's like the white and black little discs that you put down on this board. And so he starts competing in Go championships using this ghost that is inside of him to become like a master Go player. That's all I really remember about it. And I'm sure it got much more action-packed. It somehow turned like this board game into an action (laughs) comic (laughs) is kind of what I remember about it, which was weird. But that's, I think... What's sometimes interesting about manga is that they can turn just about anything into an action comic. <laughs> and I always mentioned uh, Project X, one about the ramen noodles and the yeah. invention of ramen noodles, how they turned the invention of ramen noodles into an action comic. <laughs> so that's uh, that's kind of was was fun. That one I remember kind of sticking out and being a little more interesting than the rest of them.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I'm enjoying about it. And obviously, like, with having the Shonen Jump app, you have access to a lot of stuff. So you can choose those things that are more interesting and just stick to that. But the, you know, the idea of, like, I was actually trying to look, um, but I didn't find anything easily. I was wondering if, like, you can still subscribe to, like, the Shonen Jump magazine or, or book um, subscription. Because, like, having to read stuff in that way where it's like, okay, I'm just going to read these little pieces and then move on, like... That's something that we've lost. We've left that behind because now with, you know, streaming comics or, you know, like everything is accessible in this way where it's like, okay, you can just focus on this one thing and take all of it. We are losing our ability to appreciate what it means to have to wait for the next little bit, you know, like TV shows used to be that way. And now most like, even when TV shows are released that way, a lot of times people will wait till they're all out so they can just binge it all. So, you know, we, we've had that conversation before, like with Disney Plus releasing The Mandalorian one week at a time rather than just dumping it all. Stuff like that. Uh, so I, I like the kind of being limited and having to dwell on a little piece at a time. And I, I think, you know, being comic readers, we see that where it's like when we have it all readily available, you read through so much, you can't separate the stuff anymore. So you think back and you can't remember what issue a certain thing happened in. You just know what happened. And when you read it one issue a month, you separate it out; the details solidify more separately. So that way, you have all these great pieces that add up, instead of it just being you're taking the you know the core out of everything, and then like you end up missing some other pieces.
0: Oh, it makes sense. I I find that I get wrapped up in the collecting of stuff a lot of times. Yeah, and the collecting and the having of it sometimes becomes part of the goal, which I'm. I'm perfectly down with that. I like collecting stuff. So I uh, in I do realize like hunting stuff down, finding it and completing collections, that is part of the fun for me. Yeah, But it is also sometimes I miss just uh, having something to just pick up and read. And yeah. I've been, uh, for me lately, that thing has been concrete. Um, I have a bunch of concrete pa- trade paperbacks And usually the trade paperbacks have one main story in them and then a bunch of little one and two and three page backup features in the back half of it. And those have been really great because like if I just want to read something before I go to sleep, I pick up one of those. And it's usually when I'm reading something before I go to sleep, it's because I have about three pages of reading in me before I fall asleep. (laughs) So (laughs) it's perfect for me that I can just pick this up, read it for two or three pages, put it down. Then I'm sleepy, ready to go to sleep and boom, done. So that's, that's been my kind of enjoyable thing is, is, uh, concrete shorts
1: question with concrete. Yeah. Can you jump in anywhere and just read it? Or do you need to read it like from the beginning to not be lost with what's going on?
0: You can just jump in and read it.
1: It, The the reason I asked that is, uh, I've tried to read concrete a couple of times, and I think it's the kind of thing that I need a physical book in my hand to read. So that way I see how I'm progressing, I see how much I have left, because it's very interesting, but it all it's also not compelling to the way like, ooh, I just want to go and go and go, you know? Yeah. So like metering how much like seeing the seeing the movement I think is an aspect that I need with it. One of the the bull mooses that I go to, they have two used copies of concrete but it's like volume four and volume six mm-hmm. so it's like use it's like six bucks for one of those so like i've been tempted to get one to read it to be, have the physical but i'm like but well, it's not volume one you know so like knowing that that doesn't really make a difference like i might just grab one of those
0: i think it depends on the type of reader you are are you the type of reader that can just accept okay this is what's this character is and what's going on like yeah i'm Okay. I, I
1: think that's a good way to... That's another thing that I think that with everything being so available, we're training ourselves to lose is the ability to look at contextual clues and figure stuff out. Like, you yeah. should be able to pick up a random issue of a comic, read it, and enjoy it, even if you don't know what led to it and what's coming after. Based on the... Con- and the comic has to be well-made, too, for that to happen. But, like, there's... that That's really enjoyable to just be plopped into the middle of something that you don't know what's going on. And there are so many people that have trained themselves to think that that's, like, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And
0: well, I it's, like, the best. <laughs> well, yeah. If you can pick up a book and, and realize, okay, this guy is made out of rocks. And he has two friends that he works with both in kind of professionally and also just in day-to-day life type stuff. Boom. You're good to go. <laughs> like, if you can accept and acknowledge that, then that's all you need to know. If you're the type who's like, wait a minute, why is he made of rocks? How does that work? And who are these people? How does he know these people? Why do they work for him? Why? What do they do for him? What are their jobs? If like you have those types of questions, if, if you're that kind of reader, then you need to start at the beginning. But if you can just say, yeah, this guy's made of rocks, and he's kind of thoughtful and interesting and has adventures, boom. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: Then you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. that's the way I am. I think that uh, that's something that we should challenge ourselves to be able to do too. Like if you are like, no, I have to challenge yourself, like just jump in and then build it out. Like it's so much fun. Like I I think about my, my best comic memories are doing that. Like when I first started reading X-Men and I was reading the, um, it was after they ended the first run and I I believe it was the second volume of X-Men. Um, I want to say Gillen was the writer. This is around um, like ish.
0: AVX like Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah, it era. was yeah. it was
1: the the yeah, the Uncanny X-Men that led up to Avengers versus X-Men, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that so that was um that was the X-Men that I started reading. So it's wow. like I was reading, I'm like, who is who is Sinister? You know, like Sinister still has a strong impression on me because he's one of the first X-Men villains I read.
0: Well, to be fair, though, even if you had read X-Men all along, you may still be asking, who is Sinister? <laughs> I mean, given his particular nature. Yeah. Having read all the Chris Claremont X-Men and everything up to Age of Apocalypse, I'm still kind of scratching my head about who or what is a Mr. Sinister.
1: Yeah. that That's different than the, like, oh, what is this? You know, this is this is exciting. Like, what is this guy? This is cool. And plus, like, I mean... The, the way that I knew the X-Men was the 90s cartoon, so I'm like, alright, so where's Cyclops, Beast, Wolverine, Storm, <laughs> you know, Jean Grey, Rogue, Gambit? I'm like, wait a minute, why isn't this that mix of people? It's so, you know, it's, And obviously, like, I'm smart enough, I knew it wasn't what I was going to be getting. But getting introduced to characters that, like, Emma Frost was part of the team. I didn't know anything about Emma Frost, so I, I'm... Like, jumping into something like that and reading I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy this. This is X-Men. This is what I want. And, like, that's another thing. Like, I'm very fond of that series because it was kind of the first thing I jumped into. And it was just so exciting to have, like, to just be in a a swimming pool full of things that are all interesting and unfamiliar. You know, like, you're just, like, you're surrounded and engulfed by it. And when you always got to start from the beginning then, like, you you lose your ability to do that, and then you don't know what to do, and then you're like, oh, my God, what is water? Why is water touching me, you know? And, well, you don't... You shouldn't have to, like, you know, know what water is comprised of to be able to go in a swimming pool. You just go in. You're engulfed in it. You, you discover how it feels to be in it, you know? There's a lot to be said for that kind of, like, just immersion discovery with things, and, and I'm afraid people are just losing that.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's just some loud complainers more than anything. It's yeah. yeah. But I remember that being a lot of the fun when I started reading X-Men, because one of the best things about X-Men is they always had those little boxes at the bottom where some character would refer to something happening. And then they would see as seen in Uncanny X-Men issue 150. Or a scene in X-Men 227 or something like that. And I was like, ooh, I want to know what happened in those. And it was always easy enough to find out, okay, what's the story that's happening right now? But then it always hinted that, oh, there's so much more story that I haven't read yet. And that was really exciting. I really like that. I I do kind of wonder if part of it has to do with... A lot of entertainment now is written and produced, assuming you have seen or watched or read the thing that came before. Mm-hmm. And I was realizing this because right now we're rewatching all the Harry Potter movies. It's mm-hmm. uh, my wife's idea, not mine. But <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> not that I dislike them, but. <laughs> I don't know why I'm throwing her under the bus, but I am.
1: <laughs> I enjoy them the first time, and I definitely find myself indifferent to them now.
0: Yeah, it's. I feel like I've seen them enough now where I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. But what I realized, we watched the sixth movie last night, and I was watching it thinking about, man, if I hadn't seen any of the previous movies, I would probably be really lost <laughs> as to what exactly is going on and why any of this matters and who are these people and what's going on and i would only really be able to enjoy it on the most surface levels of here are some characters that i have just been exposed to having an adventure of some sort but the what what is intended to be there Relies so much more on a lot of stuff that came before. And I think that just entertainment is moving in that direction more and more. Like, I think about the recent Avengers movies, like Infinity War and Endgame. If you haven't seen at least a few of the Marvel movies leading up to it, I don't think it would be nearly as poignant or interesting or un- understandable or relatable uh, you, you know so i i think that media is going this way more and more where they're not making things with everything is a jumping in point and more and more it's no you start at the first issue right that's why it's called number one yeah <laughs> so I, I think it's I,
1: also hard for us to have perspective because we're so entrenched in the things that we're talking about that yeah. we don't know what it's like looking at it from the outside and i think that we we lose sight of that and then we also because we do you know w- with the types of people that we are and the things that we enjoy like we tend to want to dig in deeper and deeper and really like build that entrenchment into something we but when once we practice that enough it's hard to view things otherwise You know, but then we also, like, we've gone through the times of, you know, jumping in the middle of a story and then, like, seeing... That's why, like, last summer for me getting into manga was so exciting because it was diving into something that I had no familiarity with Mm. and just, like, all these new things around. And it's it's hard to get that as you get familiar with stuff. Like, I think back to when I started reading Valiant comics and it was like that. And that's really what got me hooked into comics was having this experience where it's just like, oh, man, this is exciting and amazing. Mm. And... Like I've had some of those, like like I said, that first X Men series kind of felt that way. Valiant was more so, um, but then other stuff like reading Batman never felt that way. Not a bad thing necessarily, but like it never had that kind of feeling to it. But uh, like as as you know, like once I got entrenched in Valiant, I can never experience that with Valiant again because I just like I have too much knowledge, I have too much built up, so it's, it's it gets harder to find that as you progress with stuff. Because you also are more aware of stuff, so you don't, like, you know, discover Hawkeye once it's eight issues in. And then read it. you're like, oh, man, why wasn't I getting this from the beginning? And then, you know, that was another experience that I had. So, like, with us, it's harder to see it because we've been there. But with somebody who doesn't give two craps about Harry Potter, and then they go to see Harry Potter 6 with a friend because the friend wants them to go... Like we can't judge what that experience is, because like we know too much, but for yeah, them, that,
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: if it's an exciting movie, even if there's a lot of stuff they don't know, that opens the door to like, oh man, this is super interesting. maybe I should go back and watch the older movies, and then, like that that's how the door gets open uh, to all these other you know to uh, to all the other things, and we just know from experience too much that good stories start from the beginning. And you get more out of that sixth story when you've read or watched the first five. So from experience, we we know that. We know that to be true. But that, I, I don't think that that necessarily means that for somebody else that not experiencing it that way means that there's no, you know, that sixth one has minimal to no value to it. It could actually be like... The greatest value they get is seeing that without knowing what the hell's going on, and then going, you know, then they are able to go back and add in those other pieces.
0: So what you're saying is we're crotchety old men, and we shouldn't be judgmental on other people's experiences.
1: <laughs> I I think that it, um... which makes sense. <laughs> I say that kind of flippantly, but that's absolutely
0: that's the right way to approach life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I think you just hit it right there with that last comment. That's the right way to approach life is to realize that our perceptions are not reality. Like our perceptions are just our perceptions. I, I, I made a comment on somebody's um somebody on Twitter posted about uh something about wrestling, about I guess Hell in a Cell is Sunday, which I like I don't keep up with WWE enough anymore to know what's coming up. I, I still watch like the pay-per-views, but
0: last time they were going to have barbed wire that explodes. That and, was AEW.
1: Some, now AEW is a different. AEW is amazing. Are they actually um, taking
0: the cell and placing it down in the plane of hell <laughs> for this match? Yeah, exactly. That would be awesome.
1: No, so hell in a cell, it's a, a WWE match that it's like an exaggerated cage match. Instead of it just being a cage, they actually dropped this um, like chain link, giant cage essentially with a cover on it over the whole ring so there's um like not just you know the, the it's the it's like a cage match the cage is actually up against the ring this allows space around the ring also this is a match that was invented was started during the time when i stopped watching wrestling when i was like getting into like high school okay so like when i started watching wrestling again there was this big body of work already with he- these hell in a cell matches so it's supposed to be this like huge thing and what WWE does is they take something that's, that should be like unique and sparsely used and they make it overused. So they have a a yearly pay-per-view that's hell in a cell that has like one or two or three hell in a cell matches in the pay-per-view, which are these big, more elaborate matches. But they basically, they've turned it into just a formula. In my opinion, they've turned these matches into a formula. So it's not telling a good and unique story anymore. It's going through the motions just with different people. And when you take that and then you add the element of like having a match, instead of it just being a one-on-one match, but it's a, uh, you know, a three-way match or a four-way match or even like up to a six-way match they have, it's just the same thing where they go through the motions instead of telling a unique story. So there's always, if there's a match with six people, there's always a point in the match where one person after another, after another, after another hits a big finisher move. And it just, like, it changed, and everybody gets their moment to have their spot. But that's a boring story because it's not unique. You've told that story every time you do this match. So, uh, anyways. um,
0: So, to you, it's kind of wrote and been done.
1: Yeah. But for somebody else who's never seen this, they may be all over it. Even for some people who have seen it, if they like it, they like it, you know? So, this this, uh, wrestling person I follow on Twitter commented uh you know or like made made a post or whatever something along that line about wanting a like a six-way hell in a cell with uh the 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 female wrestlers that are like you know they've become much more prominent over the last like you know five or so maybe longer years now and i don't like those matches if when i see uh you know wrestlers i want in a match like that i know i'm not gonna get to enjoy them the way i would want because they're going to be going through those motions but I appreciate seeing other people share their you know excitement about it or their enjoyment for it because it reminds me that my opinion is just that it's my opinion and it's not the reality of the situation. So having that kind of perspective like I don't have to enjoy that match but even if I watch it and don't really enjoy it seeing other people enjoy it keeps my mind open to that like my you know what I my perspective on stuff isn't reality. And everybody has different perspectives and there is no, this is the right way or this is the wrong way. Drives me nuts when people like do those, um, like we need to make a rule that we don't do this anymore. You know, like you read comics this way or blah, blah, blah. No, like go to hell. Like that's, (laughs) you might like that the best, but you saying it should be that way is like, it's, it's not true. Like you're just there saying this should be this way and that, like, that's just, period, not true. And it just makes you an asshole when you do that, too. Like, let people enjoy stuff the way that they want to. And if you don't enjoy it that way, that's fine. But we make ourselves a better person when we try to understand why people enjoy it, why they enjoy it that way. Even if we're not going to enjoy it, it keeps us open and empathetic to how other people experience stuff. And then we can enjoy something out of their enjoyment, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I wish... Uh... More people on the internet would take that to heart. Yeah, I think we could probably sit here and talk about dozens of examples of people that, that don't or can't for any reason. And it's just, it, it's always bizarre to me. Like, That's why
1: you block them. Block them all. It, it, we've had the conversation about people that spoil stuff. The people that spoil stuff are the same people that are assholes about what they don't like. So if you block them, you don't get spoiled. It's great.
0: Yes, <laughs> I just see it like on like fan groups on Facebook that I'm part of, like action figure groups. They'll show a new action figure of a new six inch Joe, and somebody will just say, "I just don't like the six inch Joes." It's like, <laughs> well, <All right. laughs> like come on, like why would you even come here to say that? Like it, it's it's there's no positive benefit that comes yeah. from you telling people that are excited about these that it's just like go to the four inch joe fan group and just have fun expressing your joy out of that but it's uh you know stuff like that is just well
1: that uh, person just intimidated by something that's six inches you know the four inches is something they're more comfortable with I <laughs> guess. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean, that, that's true it's like It really goes back to like basics like if you don't have anything nice to say then don't say anything at all like that's a very true thing just shut up like if if you don't care about it if you don't like it then don't like it's not for you don't say anything don't go you know up to somebody who's enjoying something Be like oh this is stupid (laughs) well you know what what's weird about this and
0: what I always have a hard time grasping with is that I think you are similar to me in that you hate negativity. Mm -hmm. And I always think that it's always kind of a joke when I say that I hate negativity because hating anything is negativity. So by hating negativity, I'm actually engaging in the thing that I say that
1: I don't like. I'm sure you do what I do, though. Then, like, after you have that hate, you just go and, like, flagellate yourself to make penance for it, right? Then it's all
0: good. Yeah, yeah. I usually get (laughs) thumbtacks and stick them a few in in me so that I have to... Speaking of wrestling matches. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. But, you know, I do realize that. Like, here we are complaining about people who complain, which is itself complaining. And so it's actually just doing the same thing just we're being more meta about it well <laughs> then those other people but that uh, I, i'm not always convinced that that makes it better you know well,
1: you, i was actually just thinking about this that yesterday if we're conscious of it and this is we're being like openly conscious to things so what you see a lot of times is somebody on twitter's just a jerk about how they're saying something and then you see the people that you agree with their statement but they're like you're wrong about this you dirty piece of scum crappy horrible human all right why why do you need to like insult them like they're being a jerk with how they are yeah but you're being a jerk because you're insulting them there's there's no two ways about that like there wasn't the need for the insult even if their behavior is not appropriate so you know instead of doing that just just say what you're there to say like no you're wrong and leave it at that you know like you're wrong or you're, you know, your behavior is not appropriate or you're you're not being, you know, whatever. You can say that they're, what they're doing is wrong without having to insult them. And when we get angry, we want to lash out. And that's where you can hate people that are being negative, but are you acting with hate or are you acting with better intentions are you acting with the intention of just like standing up against something that is actually abusive behavior against somebody else because if somebody you know like we've had conversations where you love star wars and i'll be like "Eh, star wars is kind of boring to me you know but i'm not saying ah star wars is boring it's crap and you're stupid to like it you know there's a, a difference with how you approach it if people are approaching it from i'm just sharing my opinion and doing it respectfully there's no problem so really what we hate is when people are being disrespectful. And when you get down to the kind of the core of that, it's like, okay, well, if you hate somebody being disrespectful and then you're disrespectful to them because you hate them being disrespectful, then you're acting with hate rather than acting with the intention of saying this behavior isn't okay and trying to to set boundaries, you know. Show show, show them that something isn't okay. I got rambly with that because somebody walked in the room while I was talking and I lost my train of thought. <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> Rambly. <laughs> okay. No problem.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I think we can hate negativity and uh, act on it in an appropriate way. And, you know, and block people.
0: Block, block, block. Yeah. I got distracted by putting my Lady J action figures removable hair because you can swap out our hair for a cap instead. Mm-hmm. And the two can be swapped off and put her... Ravishing hairdo on my little Buddha that sits on my desk, and so now Buddha has a, a really funny
1: do. <laughs> it looks really hilarious. So I'm sorry, I got distracted by that. Nice, yeah, but yeah. It's all it's all about enjoying stuff, and uh, I I think it's really fun when you when you can slow down and and try to see why people enjoy things, even if you don't enjoy it. Cause sometimes you actually learn to enjoy it yourself. And that's, I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of different angles, like getting into music. When you have people that can expose you to music, the reason that works is, you know, maybe you respect them or maybe you just know that they have similar tastes to you so that there's logical reason to kind of follow the path they're on. Yeah, But when, you go into it like you're going into that with that mentality of they like this. I want to know why they like this. That's how you open the door to liking it yourself. And that's how you discover new stuff. And that goes with everything. I mean, you know, my son's eight. There's a lot of things that he likes that I don't know much about. You know, like,
0: oh, I bet
1: <laughs> Roblox <laughs> I and bet. Minecraft and you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And it would be really easy for me to be like, that's kid stuff. I don't like it as I play with my toys and read my comic books. Yeah. Um
0: <laughs> Ninja Turtles are so much better.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like I, I I've played Minecraft with him. I don't really care for playing Minecraft. Like I could do it with him so he enjoys playing with me and that's fine, but like I'm never gonna get into Minecraft like he is. But there are other things that like, you know, I, I want to understand why he likes them. And, you know, it's definitely different for an eight year old compared to an adult why they like things, but I still want to understand so that way I can support his enjoyment for one thing. As a father, like, that's what I should do. But then, too, like, sometimes I do find things that I enjoy that I was exposed to from, from my son, you know? So, like, um, you know, being open-minded. I, you, know, you think back to when we were kids, too, and, like, adults didn't give two shits about what kids thought or what they liked or whatever. I remember when I was in junior high, a friend of mine came over for a sleepover And when his parents came to pick him up, wrestling was on. And I always watch wrestling. I wasn't going to miss it because somebody came over, you know, and my friend was going home right then. But my friend's parents made fun of it. And I walked out and I went in the other room and I turned it on and I watched it in my bedroom. I didn't say bye to them. I wasn't being polite. Hmm. And afterwards, my mom was like, that was rude. I was like, they came into my house and insulted something that's important to me with no consideration. You know, I probably didn't say it that way. But like I told her, I was like. I shouldn't be made to feel bad for something I like, especially in my own house, which is where I should feel safe. Like, my mom should have stepped up and been like, hey, you're not really, you know, acting appropriately. That's one thing I've definitely, like, I think societally we're getting better with stuff like that. There's at least more of us who are conscious to that. But I can guarantee you, one of the, like, we're talking about, like, hating negativity. One of the things that, that I've learned to do in life is, uh, if somebody crosses a line, knowing when to just tell them to F off because there's no, like, I have no patience for certain things. That'd be one of those things. Like, if you come into my house and make my son feel bad about something that he likes, I would rip into you like you wouldn't believe. And guess what? You'd never be coming over to my house again. But yeah. So uh, I, I think protecting that with kids is really important, too. Like, kids need the ability to in, to enjoy what they like. Because that's how, if they're not given that, then they, they stop exploring. And they stop trying to, you know, to find the things that matter to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe keep exploring. Is the right word to go out on on this episode?
1: Yeah, I like that we went off with a fatherly, uh, father. You know, it's a Father's Day episode. I had to be a dad before the end.
0: Okay, there you go. Good job, <laughs> good job, dad. I'll go be a father to my action
1: figures. Yeah, <laughs> you will.
0: My action figure family.
1: I just picture you holding your Lady Jay saying, who's your daddy? And this just got weird. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> That's
0: really... <laughs> you love your six
1: inches, Sean. What but everyone
0: knows that Flint is her daddy anyway, so
1: <laughs> I couldn't get in the way of I that I haven't read enough. I guess I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey,
0: thank you for listening to 99th episode. I've been Sean and my other friend here is Paul. And you can find us on Twitter at Deacon and Who Who's Paul. Obviously, the Who's Paul one is Paul. And the other one is me. That is true. And if you listen to this episode, you know where to find more. So go download and listen to more. Because why not? Well, Paul, that's been fun.
1: Yeah, it has been yeah. fun.
0: I'm <laughs> so enthusiastic about <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> like, well, after an hour of this, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> All right. Later, everyone. Bye. Happy Father's Day.